Nation. Thought leaders, storytellers and griots sharing personal highlights on Stories of the Week. So as I mentioned, I'm trying to remember who my early childhood uh, teachers were when I was at nursery school and the like. And there has been a call for early childhood development practitioners to be included in World Teachers Day celebrations, which of course are taking place on October the 5th. And early childhood development has set and does set a foundation to every single child in most important ways. So we thought we'd find out more about it and try and get an understanding for why that call was taking place. Andre Shearer is the founder of the Indaba Institute. Andre, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me. Andre, do you remember any of your teachers who made a huge difference to your life? In fact, I, I definitely do, um, to the point that a few weeks ago, unexpectedly, after almost 50 years, I sat at a table with uh, uh, one of my teachers that I recall exceptionally fondly, and we discovered within a few minutes that it was her, and we spoke about exactly this point, that it's exceptional how indelible the impression of a positive person can be, and, and negative, obviously, but can be in your life. So yes, I do recall that very clearly. So when we talk about early childhood development, I mean, I think I've read some really interesting books about this and about the history of education in, in, in the early childhood space. And one of the things that struck me was that a long while back, ECD was just considered, okay, just put the kids somewhere so that we don't have to worry about them. But actually now we understand, and we have understood for a while now, that this is probably the most critical time of any person's life in terms of their education, in terms of their skills, in terms of their journey of discovery? Michelle, I think that part of the issue here is historically, um, I think, and it's going to sound a little bit sexist, but for the last 150, 200 years, education has been dominated by mostly elderly men. And they tend to be exceptionally far away from anything to do with early childhood and with, with young young children in a sense. And I think that part of this issue has been that we have realized, if you look back at Maria Montessori's work, which is in the turn of like 1900, she was given a, a, a collective of children in Rome yeah. um, that were orphans and were outcasts. Um, and she was the only woman doctor in, his, in, in, in Italy. And she, by observation alone, discovered this exceptional ability because she was observing and listening. And, you know, so much of the world is what you decide is right for somebody else. Yeah. And as people have slowly but surely sort of really recognized that in the early years, your brain plasticity between the ages of zero or even prenatal, you know, a mother's life is so vital. The world doesn't look after a new mum properly, never mind a new child. And so when a child zero to six, the brain plasticity is so extraordinary and it doesn't go away, but it diminishes dramatically after the age of six and it just becomes harder and harder to change. So the impressions left on a child in those early years dictate the life outcome. And so what science has now discovered, and there's a gentleman in Chicago, his name is Jim Hickman, a professor, he's a Nobel economist. His life's work has been dedicated, and he has currently, it's a 35-year longitudinal study that took two, two groups of children from one from a very well-intended, intentional kind, uh, not necessarily well-to-do, but um, they, they were schooled correctly, they were schooled appropriately, and it was children taken from the, the projects and the ghettos. 
and every single life outcome of the children who were loved and, and, and looked after accordingly is significantly higher to the point that he said it's the single greatest investment that any country um, can make in their own citizenry is in early childhood. So it's so beyond me why we as nations and governments don't prioritize that and even that the same can be said for South Africa at this point. Andre, you talk about brain plasticity. Let's try and explain that. Um, it's a term. What does that mean if a child's brain plasticity between a certain age, uh, between around about before the age of five or up to the age of five, is important? What does that mean? So, Michelle, the neuronal development is so extraordinarily rapid and it's so intense. So you get neuronal connections that are made by the billions and some of those connections stay, some go, they keep being made. So you have this vast proliferation. In fact, the first year of life, the first year to 18 months, it's, it's when you look at it scientifically, it's almost like a, an utter miracle. But it's during that time that cognition, the child's visibility issues, the way you touch, feel, see, and hear. So all of these things happen at very, very high speed. And you can see the curve. There's some beautiful information on Harvard Center on the Developing Child that research shows these curves that slowly turn downwards from about three, four, and five to a much lower level. Yeah. Now, that's what your, your, your body's forming, but your brain, most importantly, it's the single most rapid and prolific time of neuronal development in your life. So pathways that are laid out in those years, empathy, um, cognition, those are what live on with you. And if your emotional or social-emotional pathways are damaged, by trauma, which, as you know, is one of the single greatest detriments to a healthy human, is trauma in early childhood, which is proven scientifically. If those, if the social-emotional bonds are made strong, the child's rigorous capacity to withstand negativity in life is instantly much, much bigger. So brain plasticity is just that neuronal development, the rapid-fire sort of making and breaking of connections that happens at an unprecedented speed. So if we understand that, then we understand that, in fact, and I think it was Nick Spall, Prof. Nick Spall, Dr. Nick Spall, who said that uh, early childhood development is the binding constraint of a country, that if we can't get early childhood development right, we can't get the rest of a child's education and an adult's education right either. What are some of the things that need to be done in that time? I mean, people think, oh, no, it's just where kids go out and play, and yet play is probably the most valuable experience for a young child to learn, as you say, all sorts of things, spatial issues, etc. Mm-hmm. So we, we have been, well, since I started the foundation in New York five years ago, I've been completely focused on one particular method, not because it's the only method, but because I believe it checks so many of the, of the boxes of humanity, in a sense, and it's, it's the Montessori method. But the, the fact is that in, in those early years, we as a nation need to recognize, firstly, we have about 250 to 300,000 early childhood practitioners that are about the most outcast collection of uh, employment in the country. It's an underfunded, under-respected domain that, to me, should be turned around on its head. I've had conversations in this country which have been astonishing. If you speak to Professor Madiba, the Dean of Education at Selmosh University, he will tell you the intake into university, the standards are sliding. If you speak to a high school headmaster, as I did in Johannesburg not long ago, he tells me exactly the same thing, that what was mathematics has become was standard grade and now it's become math lit and it's not proving to be capable for many kids to do that properly. So 
the standards all the way slipping all the way to grade one. So in our country, children have whatever, and then they get to grade R or first grade, and they have to fit into a school system. Yeah. And and you know the results speak for themselves. They are disastrous. Our academic results, despite despite us having one of the highest per capita education budgets in the world, our educational outcomes are amongst the most dismal in the world. So if you look to the base, unless you repair the base or the foundations of a home, the home will never withstand massive winds and storms. It just can't because it, it's, the foundations are not laid. So I always say to people, and if you understand early childhood education is the fundamental foundation of your life. If you are lucky enough to have a decent one, and by the way, I mentioned socioeconomics, Michelle, you have single mothers under really extreme circumstances who doggedly fight and protect and defend their children and give them love and give them, and they don't have money, but they still have intact perceptions about themselves. And therefore, those children still have a, a good chance of success in life. So what we need to do is reframe the way we approach the entire ECD sector. We've just completed the development of a six-month introductory program because some of our Montessori programs are they're all sanctioned by Amsterdam, the headquarters, but they are 18 to 24-month diplomas. They're not inexpensive, but we've just, with uh, India, and using a program developed by the ESF, which is Educator Sans Frontier, it's a, it's a social outreach of, of Montessori's AMI organization. And that is a six-month deep dive that we've seen our first proof of concept. The woman, I was with them yesterday in Kayamandi, the emotional stability and focus of these women after the six-month program is extraordinary. So to me, we need to help our early childhood practitioners first and foremost become what we call community shapers in whatever ECD center they work in. Yes, we have to uplift every single center, but that's going to take a lot of time. We need to drop some of the barriers. We need to support. We need to train and coach. And to me, if we did that correctly, I can, I can guarantee that our the nation's future would transform itself. You have you would have capable workforce of the future, and we know at the moment our educational standards being what they are, our academic outcomes dictate that our economic growth factors are going to be hampered by human capital. Yeah. So it's almost imperative if we don't turn the pyramid on its head and if we don't allocate, I've not jokingly said to Ed Kiesvetter and to Lee Madame Seller, who's a patron of ours, that in fact if we're able to secure a 1% budget or a 0.1% budget of uh, GDP, we would we would see economic growth in 15 to 20 years that would be unprecedented. But that's the that's the proving ground that we need to make in the industry is how do we actually show that that is possible? So let's train our ECD practitioners, our early childhood development ch- children who are taught at a young age by those teachers. And let's support those teachers as well. That's Andre Scherer, who's the founder of the Indaba Institute. We've got uh, a couple of messages coming. Uh, Dr. Phil Mahuma says, Morning, Michelle and the JSB team. Happy Teacher's Day. I was told by my maths teacher, Sister John Bosco, at St. Mary's High School in Mafi King, I have a very that I have a very clear mind and I should use it to benefit others. I'm not fully actualized yet, but I'm working very hard at it as well.